Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver. I am here with my co-anchor and sister, Christy Brower. Hey, welcome. How are yeah. you? I am okay. I am sunburned <laughs> and tired from a long weekend of camping and hiking, but it was great. I loved it. Yeah. I just probably should have had a day to recover. <laughs> man we had so much fun <laughs> yeah. we did it was great we camped for three days over for mother's day and yeah it was awesome but boy we didn't really uh you know first trip out really and in, in sun mm-hmm. we didn't think much about sunblock or you know kind of forgetting you too know? much sun in you Idaho in you do that, yeah yeah because we don't get sun you know most of the winter we get very little sun and so we sort of yeah. forget that when spring rolls around and early summer rolls around that you're like, oh, yeah, I should probably be wearing sunblock right now. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember now. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. And we had a moose encounter, two moose encounters. We sure did. We, we took really a fun. hike and uh, had our kids so freaked out about moose safety because we hiked in a place <laughs> where there are frequently moose that they were an absolute basket case. They finally just had enough and said, we have to go back. I just can't. I'm just terrified we'll run into a moose. And we turned around, headed back and immediately ran into a moose. So it was <laughs> definitely their fault. It was really funny. Um, I gave mm-hmm. them a little safety talk that I thought would just, you know, make them feel like they knew what to do if anything happened. And instead yeah. it turned them into terrified, oh. crazy people. <laughs> yeah. But then it, we ran into the moose and it turned out that she just watched us the whole time. And, you know, one of them actually said, is it going to eat us? Because <laughs> moose. I'm like, people. are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, no, it might stop raise you to death if you're too stupid, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just, it was very funny. I was she like, just put in the trees. Yeah. She stood in the trees and let us pass. And yeah. then we went to hike the same place the next day. And we said to those same chickens, uh, mm-hmm. we're going back to hike out there. Do you want to go? And they all were like, scariest thing that's ever happened to me. Yes. I want to go. So. <laughs> yeah. Off we went again, and we weren't 50 feet down that trail. And I looked out into the woods, and sure enough, right there were two moose. Yep. Chilling. Yep. And again, they just watched us, and, you know, we didn't get stupidly close. Well, most of us. And, (laughs) of course, we did get some pretty sweet pictures. I'll share one, uh, you know, in in the live stream. But, yeah, so that was, we had a good weekend for sure. We did. It was awesome. A week we have had in the Ballow case. Every oh week we think we're going to move on and cover something else for a minute while this case settles down. But, bro, it doesn't settle down. It doesn't. It just continues to ramp up and ramp up and ramp up. Ramp up. I, I don't know what the end game is here. I, I mean, I hope the end game is kids. two healthy kids get off a plane and arrive in Rexburg, Idaho to prove their yeah. existence. Um, but I don't know where this Me is too. all headed. It's getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, it is. 
It is. And so some of the uh, highlights of the week, and then we'll dive deeper into them. The autopsy report for Alex Cox was released. Yes. There have been multiple interviews this week with Janice and Summer, that is Lori's mother and sister. There have mm-hmm. also been multiple interviews this week with Melanie and Ian, that is mm-hmm. Lori's niece and her new husband. Yes. There has been a new document that Justin Lum redu- or released uh, about Chad, an email that Chad sent to Lori with a bunch of past live uh, information or probations as they call them in their uh, in their vernacular. But so those mm-hmm. are all things that have happened this week. We're going to hit on all of them uh, mm-hmm. to some degree, though. You'll always want to do a little of your own homework because there's no way we can share it all. No, no, no. And you should go watch these interviews. Well, and of course the Dateline interview that happened last week, but we were yeah. covering it this week. Yeah. Now there was supposed to be a 48 hours interview with, uh, Summer and Janice on Sunday night, and it was kind of abruptly rescheduled for next week. Well, they had a big update on Israel Keys, and I don't know if you know who Israel Keys was, but he was a very famous, he's dead, but he was a very famous serial killer, maybe one of the most prolific serial killers in history. They never knew for sure how many people he killed, and a lot of cases have been maybe attributed to him. Uh, and so that that's a big deal. And so I can see kind of why, you know. Sure. Yeah. Why that bump, got bumped. Bump one wacko thing for another. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We got it. <laughs> so uh, let's start with the autopsy. So mm-hmm. Alex Cox died in December. He is the brother of Lori Vallow, the uncle of JJ and Tylee, the missing children. And actually, no, we're not starting there. We're starting where we should start. J.J. Ervalo and Tylee Ryan are children. They have Mm -hmm. been missing since September. Their mother, Lori Vallow, is being held in the Madison County Jail currently, not on charges uh, of of murder or, you know, of hurting the children per se, but currently on charges of child abandonment as well as a few misdemeanors. That's what's happening. That's why we're following this case. We're also following this case because it's happening in the town I live in Rexburg, Idaho, Mm -hmm. in the town that Christy and I both grew up in. And, you know, Christy lives nearby as well. We're also following this case because we are former Mormons. We were raised in the LDS church. And while not all of Lori and Chad's beliefs, you know, subscribe directly to the church, there is some basis, maybe some foundation that we can help explain Mm -hmm. in some of their beliefs and the things that they do. We can also help break down what is and isn't because, uh, you know, from this case, people have been a little confused about what uh, Mormons believe. And we are no longer Mormons and haven't been for a long time, but we have a pretty basic uh, grasp of the doctrine so we can help break it down. Yeah, we were at one time in our lives very well versed. So, (laughs) yeah, we were super Mormons. You bet we were. long time ago. <laughs> it's what you do. It was what you did at our, in at our day time. and age. Yeah, yeah. At the time. So, so that's why we're covering this case, but I don't ever want to start this show without saying their names. JJ yeah. Vallow and Tylee Ryan. JJ was seven at the time that he disappeared. Tylee was 16. They both, uh, Tylee's had a birthday and is 17 and JJ has a birthday here in May and yeah. would be eight. So, That's why we're covering this case. All right, Mm -hmm. so let's move on. So Alex Cox, this is the brother of Lori. 
Alex has been, he shot and killed Lori's husband, Charles Vallow, in June of 2019. Uh, it was ruled self-defense at the time. However, that case has been reopened and there is an ongoing investigation into Charles's death. But mm-hmm. he did, uh, that did happen. He has, was also accused of, and is, I believe, still being investigated for the attempted shooting of Melanie Boudreaux-Palowski's ex-husband, Brandon Boudreaux. Melanie, again, is the niece of Lori. Try to keep all of the uh, cobwebs straight here if you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Melanie is the niece of Lori, and they were divorced and having in a custody battle someone uh, in a Jeep that matches the description of the Jeep that Tylee drove shot out the back window or sorry, shot from the back window of the Jeep. It was Mm -hmm. the Jeep was stationary at the time. Um, As Brandon was pulling into his driveway, shot out his passenger window of his Tesla and missed his head by just a few inches. Yeah. That happened in, I believe, September or October. Yeah. I think October, actually October, but at any rate, so you'll hear more about Melanie later in this, uh, broadcast, but that is one of the things that uh, Alex had been accused of. Alex also moved to Rexburg at the same time that Lori did and rented a town mm-hmm. home in the same complex that she was renting a town home. And that's what we know about Alex. Uh, well, we know a lot more about Alex, but we did we a whole, whole show on Alex. Show yeah. So Alex died. Alex got married at the end of November to Zulima Pastenas and just weeks later he died uh there's was you know there's been a lot of suspicion and talk and wonder about what happened to alex you know Mm -hmm. so the autopsy report finally came out this week and they are saying that he died from natural causes from a blood clot Mm -hmm. in his lung though they also specified that his the his death is an ongoing investigation Mm -hmm. so that is what the official autopsy report said but it's not a closed book as of now. No. And and you want to add to that? Well, yeah, just that right after the autopsy report was released, so was the toxicology report. And the only thing of note on the toxicology report was Narcan on board, but that has been explained by um, that most paramedics these days, if there's any question that that they are treating someone for a drug overdose, they will give them Narcan. And so it's believed that he was given Narcan by the, paramedics and yeah. that wasn't really related mm-hmm. but there yeah. was nothing else in his toxicology because there were questions about was he poisoned mm-hmm. you know what what he he died rather violently and horribly mm-hmm. um foaming at the mouth and defecating and it was really bad and so mm-hmm. there were questions about you know was he poisoned what what mm-hmm. they're saying that he had um an underlying health condition uh, high blood pressure that led mm-hmm. to this now mm-hmm. I will say that after the fact now, and and I always think it's interesting when people come out with information after the fact, but Mm -hmm. in, in some of the interviews with uh, Melanie Pulowski, she has said that, that, uh, that problem with um, hypertension has run in her family. Well, and with blood clots, with blood clots. clots. Yeah. Um, no one ever said that, that I saw anywhere at the time that he died. No. But now that that's been confirmed in his autopsy, now everyone's saying that. So, right. you know, rather conveniently now they're saying, oh, well, yeah, that ran in his family. That was, you know. Right. He was, he well, was only in also, his 30s. He wasn't, or was he 51? He was 51. 51. He yeah. was young to have, mm-hmm. to have died of something like that. 
And according to Melanie as well, he had been poorly the week before and mm-hmm. had been telling her that he felt like his chest was tight and he couldn't breathe, but that he was a tough guy and a stubborn guy and wouldn't ever go to the doctor. So yeah. I kind of stepped back and go, really? He had high blood pressure? Did he? Because he according actually- to his family, he wouldn't go to the doctor. And so, you know, Did I don't know. Wrong. Right. And wasn't treated maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so that's what we know. After the fact that's happening right now with stuff like that. Yeah. That I think, well, where were you guys when he died? You know, Mm -hmm. why was that not in the news around his death? Mm Because it wasn't. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I found that rather interesting. Yeah, definitely. I did too. Yeah. So I think there'll be more to come in the death of Alex, but that's what we know right now. That's Mm -hmm. really what I expected would happen. Mm -hmm. Frankly, I think we're going to hear something very similar in the death of Tammy Daybell. But I'm hoping I'm wrong. Really, really hoping I'm wrong. But uh, there's, I can't shake the feeling that they've, you know, figured something out here. You know, Mm -hmm. I, in my heart of hearts, I don't believe that Alex died by natural causes. You know, I don't. It's just way too coincidental. It's too easy. Well, Uh, he was so much of a liability to these individuals. He knew way too much. Um, you know, he's also being investigated potentially for the, um, attempt shooting attempt on, uh, Tammy Daybell. Right. You know, there yeah. was some question, was that him? Mm-hmm. There are questions about, was he involved with the children? I mean, mm-hmm. we know that he was in Yellowstone park the day mm-hmm. that the day that Tylee disappeared, he was there. Mm-hmm. He was there. Yeah. Yeah. So there are a lot of questions around how much involvement has he had in all of these mm-hmm. deaths and missing persons um, around Lori and Chad. Yeah. And for him to just, you know, suddenly just fall over dead of natural causes. That's just, uh, it's, that's way too convenient for me in my, in my gut. That's not what my intuition is confirming at all, but yeah. we'll yeah. let it play yeah. out. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that they're still investigating, even though the autopsy results are out, says yeah. something. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, it does. So that's where we are with that. Interestingly, uh, multiple reporters have tried to reach out to his wife only to be referred to her attorney, who is a criminal law attorney. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know, she lawyered up instantly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Anyway, maybe it's not interesting, but it, it it's interesting to me. But, yeah. So let's let's uh, so we'll leave that there for now. Let's move on to the document that Justin Loom, uh, Justin Lum had. Uh, this is an email that uh, Chad had sent to Lori regarding their past probations, which was what they called past lives. So we had shared last week about a document that Chad shared with Lori ranking all of these people in her family as uh, d- various levels of light and dark. Yeah. So the first part of this document is Joshua Vallow uh, is a 4.2 light in this lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, second life was 400 BC. He was among the lost tribe of Manessa in Northern Europe. And what is the lost tribe of Manessa? Okay, so we had to look this one up, of course. Some of these we do, some of we didn't. Uh, the tribe of Manessa was uh, part of a loose confederation of Israeli- Israelites. 
Israelites, sorry, Israelite uh-huh. tribes mm-hmm. from after the conquest of the land by mm-hmm. Joshua until the formation of the first kingdom of Israel circa 1050 BC. Okay. So Old Testament stuff. Old Testament stuff. So that apparently was his take on um, on J.J. Vallow. Uh, next life, uh, he was a son of James and Elena. James being uh, the disciple of Jesus Christ and his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he was, uh, and he was, a, th- I guess, a three at that point. It doesn't say. Uh, then he was a 4.1 light. In 1745, he was Jonathan Elliot Edwards. Jonathan Elliot Edwards was a theologian at the time that lived in New York. I am, yeah. Anyway, that apparently is who he was. Uh, and then, of course, uh, and now here he is today as a 4.2 light. How lucky. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, well, what do we know? Okay, Lori Ballow. Uh, Lania, daughter of Methuselah, uh, and uh, married Neil A. Maxwell. So I'm not really sure. We got to kind of flesh that one out. So Neil A. Maxwell was a prophet in the uh, LDS church, mm-hmm. in the Mormon church. So is he saying that she married the soul of Neil A. Maxwell back in the time of Methuselah? If he's saying that Methuselah, yeah, yeah. If, if that's who, probably, I don't know. <laughs> That's what I think that means. So Methuselah is also Old Testament. Methuselah was a patriarch whose lifespan was uh, 969 years. Right. He's been uh, celebrated as the longest living human, if you uh, subscribe to such things. Mm -hmm. So that's who Methuselah was. So that's what I'm guessing is that this was... uh, Also, Genesis claims that uh, without really any much genealogical fact, but claims that Methuselah was the great, 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 great grandson of Seth, who was the child of Adam and Eve. Oh, right. So they're tying themselves back to the very beginning. Except if you believe that story, then we all tie back to the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know? Uh, So that's what I think, is that that must be the soul who then became Neil A. Maxwell. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Then she was Elena. Remember that name? Mm-hmm. Daughter of Jesus' half-brother Judas, married James the Just. Mm-hmm. James so the Just, so claiming married she was... Married to her son at one point then, married to JJ. No, no, no. She was the mother of JJ. Oh, the mother of JJ. JJ was the son of James and Elena. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. So then many she, <laughs> Yeah. Then she was Ilamari, Prophet Moroni's wife. Uh, Moroni being a big figure in the Book of Mormon. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where that comes from. And then Mary French, who was the wife of Robert Smith Jr. Was Robert Smith a brother to Joseph Smith? I think so. Related or, or a son of Joseph Smith again, Something that is a that that's connecting an, into the Mormon lineage, someone in the Mormon lineage. Yep, then there's a segment that talks about that James and Elena had seven children, four sons, and three daughters. And two of them are listed Melanie Boudreaux, 
and J.J. Ballow. Uh, the rest of them were blacked out because Justin Lum said that they didn't even know they made the list. Mm-hmm. And he didn't really want to put all of their, uh, you know, info out there <laughs> to sure. the world. Because, uh, you know, that's a bit, uh, well, I don't know. You might run for cover right now. Uh, yeah. But at any point. don't want to be affiliated here at all. Right. So we wanted to talk about this because... Past lives is something that certainly, uh, you know, Christy and I are no strangers to in both of our work. We work uh, in past lives. And so, you know, this, and, and if you don't subscribe to past lives, that's totally fine. You definitely don't have to. You know who you know? doesn't subscribe to past lives? Mormons. Mormons yeah. do not believe in past lives. So I found no. this interesting. This is a big deviation from Norm- Mormon mm-hmm. doctrine. So this is most definitely not something that would be. Um, endorsed by no. the LDS church. No, definitely no. One of the things that uh, Christy and I discussed with the idea of past lives, it's kind of interesting is, you know, I've probably done hundreds of past life regressions in my career. And Christy, you have done a ton of work in past lives oh, yourself. many, many, yeah, hundreds and hundreds. And the idea that in every life you are some kind of a historical figure or famous person is laughable. Totally laughable. Absolutely. It's the first sign of just quackery to me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what is it? Isn't Chad in there too? Is Chad not on that list? He's not on that list. I would just love to know who he's determined that he was as well. Me too. But I'm sure that's in his bio and stuff, but I don't have oh, that. But, it is. but the, the potential that they were all, um, you know, these famous figures from the Bible. And then <laughs> let's get into the figures from the Book of Mormon, because this one's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there is absolutely no archaeological or historical record to indicate that any of the people in the Book of Mormon ever existed. Yeah, it's just not there. No, it's not there. There's nothing in the ask. No. the archaeological record there's nothing in in recorded history nothing and so if you say that Lori was the wife of captain moroni of captain mm-hmm. moroni there is captain moroni you know and i don't want to offend any mormons but there is no proof whatsoever that anyone named no. captain moroni or any of those folks that lived at the time that the book of mormon was supposedly written ever existed they don't no. There's no proof Mm -hmm. of it. It, That has been, uh, interestingly enough, that has been investigated by BYU Provo. Mm -hmm. Their their archaeological division actually went out to find the archaeological truth of the Book of Mormon, and they found zip. Nothing. They found it. Because the Book of Mormon, uh, there are many parts of it that are describing these enormous battles mm-hmm. you know between these huge populations huge people. populations of people and of armies with swords and armor and breastplates and if that happened and if those things happened right here in the americas there would be some archaeological proof there right. is all kinds of archaeological proof of the existence of the romans Mm-hmm. And of many other cultures, you know, that uh, were warring and that had metalwork and had, you know, were doing ironwork and had these kinds of, uh, you know, capabilities. There's nothing. 
No, nothing to indicate that. So yeah, the uh, the ones particularly that are tying them back to the Book of Mormon, I think, are very fanciful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and it's just all fanciful to think that you know, in every mm-hmm. life, they were some somebody special, theological, yeah. you know, whatever special person. Mm-hmm. You know, um, billions and billions and billions and billions of people have lived on this planet. And um, the chances that you were even one well-known person in a previous life is pretty slim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all the ones I've done, I can only think of a time or two that somebody had some kind of prestige. And, you know, that's not to cut anyone down. It's just that when it, when someone has to be that special, you know, there's always a red flag for me. And, man. Chad and Lori have a need to be special. Holy cow. Boy, do they ever. That That is yeah. just further proof. And it's like every week there's more proof of that, that desire to be special and better and, mm-hmm. you know, a yeah. goddess and, you know. And a standout. I, yeah. I would ask what's wrong with who they are, you know. I mean, obviously <laughs> we have a lot of reasons for that. <laughs> What'd you ask in that? general, <laughs> I would say, but what's wrong with who they are? You know, what's wrong with who anybody? Why do you have to be some well-known something to be a good person? You you don't. And yeah. in, in fact, you know, in this situation, I don't think we're dealing with good people anyway. But no. anyway, it's just, it was very interesting to me. And I was just immediately mm-hmm. struck by, oh, yeah, I've seen this kind of stuff before, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and interesting that Chad ranked every one of those, even past life characters, by ranking of light and dark, which again makes me go back because last week I had said that I really believed that he was doing this, you know, not just for Lori, but he was doing these readings for other people and sending them all of this information. I would love to know if he was doing that, the past life stuff for other people with mm-hmm. all of these light and dark rankings. I am. Um, betting your dollars to donuts that he was. Yeah, I'll bet he was too. I'd be so curious, you know, mm-hmm. if you're out there and you've got one of these. We want to see it. Find us. We're on Facebook, True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. We want to know about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know? But of course, you know, fitting that uh, Melanie and JJ, of course, were Lori's children in her life as Elena and James. Mm-hmm. Um, but where the hell is Tylee? Because never in any of the past lives did we look at who Tylee was or mm-hmm. tie Tylee back to Lori. You know, that just brings me back to the more, you know, obvious ickiness around her energy towards Tylee. You mm-hmm. know, Chad's ranking Tylee as a 4.3 dark, which in Chad's little ranking system, a poor four point dark is a super bad dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I've been struck all along with this case about the erasure of Tylee and and how mm-hmm. little she's talked about um, mm-hmm. how, you know, her her aunt Annie Cushing has done a fantastic job of speaking for her and, mm-hmm. and now her brother Colby as well. But, you know, when you in general, what you mm-hmm. hear about is JJ, not Tylee. But the more that yeah. you learn about the past history in this family, that's not new. That's obviously yeah. something that's been going on for a long time. Yeah. Yep, obviously. Really, really a sad deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's leave that piece and move on to Melanie and Ian. 
and all of the bananas all over the place the last couple of weeks. Yes, they have. It, a, it seems said a lot without saying a damn thing, I guess it's more like what I would like to say. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Well, you know, it seems to me that um, two things. First of all, it seems to me that perhaps uh, either Melanie's attorneys in working on her custody case or Lori's attorneys have asked some people or paid some people to step up and get into the limelight and vouch for Lori. Yeah. Because suddenly this week we have Lori's mother and sister who haven't said shit all along Mm -hmm. going, I don't know where the kids are, but Lori's just not that guy. She's not a bad guy. She loves her kids. She would never hurt them. We haven't heard from them or talked to them in this entire time, but we're sure they're okay. Yeah. Give me a break. We're okay. No, we don't, don't know. know anything. Grandma the- said she Grandma said she knows JJ's okay. Do you know how she knows? Because she's pretty sure she talked to him for an hour on the phone on October 1st. Mm-hmm. And that is well beyond the time that uh they say that he disappeared. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's not. It's within about a week of the time that they think that JJ disappeared. Mm-hmm. For one. For two, she has absolutely no proof of that conversation. And for three, what autistic seven-year-old do you know that stays on the phone with his grandma for an hour? None. None. My impression None. of all of that was that they really have no relationship with Lori or her kids yep. at all. They yep. don't really know them. They have no idea what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And they have been enlisted to try to bring, you know, bring some positive light. But they oh, can't yeah. even do it because they don't have anything to say. They don't know anything. Yeah. Well, apparently, Summer, Summer, the sister, had shared that she has never been invited to even one of Lori's weddings. Lori's been married five times. Mm -hmm. So let that sink in five times. She's been married. Not one time has her sister summer been invited to her wedding. Yeah. Now, when you've been married five times, you know, you probably don't, you know, maybe make a big splash every time. But then again, this is Lori we're talking about who has a real need to be special. So I would imagine most of those weddings actually were a fairly big affair. Mm -hmm. I would imagine. Now, we know the one with Chad was just her and Chad, but uh, at any rate, yeah, very interesting there. We don't have a lot to say about the interview with uh, Summer and Janice because it was actually really brief. They didn't really, they said nothing really except for that. Lori's just a good mom. She's like, she just wouldn't do that. Well, the the other part of it that just really irritated me was, well, we haven't asked her where the children are because she's in jail and all of her conversations are recorded. Number one, she's only been in jail for two months. Where the hell were you, grandma Mm -hmm. and aunt, all these months when this kid was missing? And grandma, Mm -hmm. if you had talked to him on October 1st and you didn't tell the police that after he was reported missing, Mm -hmm. what the hell are you doing? Um, Number two, if the kids are okay, why is that bad to say on a recorded phone call in jail? Right. Right. It's not that. What are we hiding at this point? Why would she not say? Yeah. Yeah. She can't tell the truth because, uh, yeah, very stupid thing to say. But yeah, she's only been in jail for two months. They could have talked to her when she was in Hawaii. I mean, it was before Christmas. They had no idea these kids were missing. They didn't even know. They didn't know. They They have no contact. They They didn't know Lori was married. Yeah, they didn't know anything. No. So they are completely pointless, I think. And, uh, you know, whatever they have to say is not all that worthwhile, but no, at any rate, so let's give a little time then to 
However, you know, when this their interview airs on ABC, we'll definitely watch it. And, yeah, yeah, we'll, and discuss. But at any rate, so let's give a little energy to the Pulowskis. So, who the Pulowskis who were sitting next to their attorney during this entire yes. interview, which mm-hmm. I found interesting. Way back when summer, sorry, I'm still stuck on summer. Way back when Melanie moved to Rexburg, and Melanie moved to Rexburg sometime. In October, she and Alex left Arizona on Halloween and drove to Rexburg with her stuff. She had rented a townhome next door to Lori. Mm-hmm. And she started doing a little online dating. This is her story. She mm-hmm. was online dating and met someone and went out to dinner with them. And lo and behold, he lived right across the way from her in the same complex. What a coinky dink. There's sure a lot of those. There sure are. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that one was so suspect. Yes, and they dated for a half a minute, and they went to Las Vegas and got married, and also very coincidentally chose the same weekend that Alex and Zulima were getting married in Las Vegas. Again, such an enormous coincidence. Yeah. Weird. Weird. After they got married on their wedding night. Melanie starts spilling her guts to Ian about this crazy friggin' family she's in and all of this stuff about the things that they believe, and it freaks him out. In the meantime, she is telling Ian that he cannot tell his ex-wife, Natalie, what Melanie's last name is because she thought that Mel- uh, that uh, Natalie Pulowski might do a little homework on her and... Uh, you know, be concerned yeah, as well. She sure uh, some stuff had gone down. And this was after Brandon Boudreaux had been shot at. There was a clear connection between her and Lori. Yeah, there was the the trespassing at her in laws' house and the incident with the police. Right, she has actually has a criminal record from that. Yeah, yeah. so she wanted him to not, uh, you know, let Melanie know, or let Natalie know, you know, what person uh, was helping raise her children. Mm-hmm. She did let her know. So I have an email here that, that Natalie wrote. We believe she wrote to one of Brandon Boudreaux's co-workers in trying to track Brandon down because she wanted to talk to him. Because, yeah. you know, suddenly she discovered that her very recently ex-husband, they'd only been divorced for about five months, yeah. uh, was married to someone who was wrapped up in maybe some scary shit. So she wrote this email. She says, so I shared the information that you gave me and relayed it. And basically on their wedding night, she laid out the whole cult thing, but didn't say it was a cult. Because guys, how could it? It's not a what? <clears throat> and he was just so, dead people. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was just. Sounds yeah. like a cult to me. It kind of, yeah, quacks like it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And he was just so confused. Anyway, she told him that in March, a demon possessed my body. And my spirit came to her in a vision or a dream and told her this. This is what she said about Natalie. Mm-hmm. So Natalie is afraid for her life at this point. Mm-hmm. This was around Christmas time. She was interrogated by the police for five hours yesterday and told my ex that two of the police officers were possessed with the spirits of two of the original 12 disciples of Cain. She told him that my kids' spirits were full of light but that can change basically at any moment. She has isolated him pretty badly. 
like she has driven him to work every day this week for one reason or another, won't let him talk to his family, makes him listen to weird podcasts where he feels <laughs> this pit in his stomach, but she tells him there are light and dark weapons and the bad feelings are the dark weapons. She said that in a past life, she was the niece oh. of Jesus. Remember the past life thing? Mm-hmm. Look, my ex is not the best person in the world. He's not. He has a record for what? Domestic, Domestic violence. violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am legitimately scared for my own life and my kid's life and my ex's. I heard something about a missing person that she may be involved in. I don't know the details on that one. I'm sure she does now. Mm-hmm. I have literally no idea what to do. I think he is planning on going to the police for some help. And I'm thinking she might blame me and come after me. I mean, if she's convinced that I'm a demon and God tells her to kill me, I could end up another missing person case. He is terrified, Ian, mm-hmm. that he asked me to take the kids away on his weekend, which is next weekend, because he doesn't want them around her. He has never done that ever. Uh, the kids were in Vegas for their wedding. Yeah. You know, he said that she didn't want me learning her last name because I would contact her ex-husband and he would tell me that she tried to kill him and she's in a cult. I've never seen anyone so terrified. He told me to look up the names Alex Cox and Chad Daybell. I am so sorry for dragging you into this, but I have no idea what to do. Can you just get this email to the right people? Have them help us? Have them help them? I don't know. Thanks, Natalie Pulowski. And again, there's been a lot of speculation about who that email was to, but it sounds as though it was to a coworker of Brandon's in trying to make a connection with Brandon. So that says a lot. That says a lot about uh, what the hell was going on there. Right. But there's, so Ian and Natalie meet up together and they go to the police and sit down and Ian spills his guts. And when he gets there to talk to the police, not only are the police there, but the FBI is there. Yeah. Because, you know, missing kids. Right. And so he spills his guts to them about all of this stuff and trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And he is afraid, you know, he's hearing all of this stuff and... He also says that Melanie is feeling super confused, that her uncles have her very confused, that they have told her that two of her children are dead, and she doesn't know what to believe. She, in her interview with Nate Eaton, she's really paranoid that her ex-husband is doing something to her or, you know, trying to Mm -hmm. screw things up for her in some way. And maybe he was. I mean, it sounds like, you know, things with them were far from amicable, you know. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, she was very messed up, you know, from uh, all of the things that Alex and Chad were telling her and she didn't know what to do. She said that she learned some of the things that she believes in talking about in the temple and she learned some of them from Chad and Lori. Yeah. Uh, Melanie said that they believed in porting, that they could travel, uh, they could port themselves anywhere in the world uh, by which some people could call astral travel or astral projection. Mm -hmm. They were calling it porting. It's kind of interesting. I don't think it's any kind of physical projection because Lori's still sitting in jail. So, right. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, astral projection is most definitely a thing, and a lot of people can uh-huh. do it. And oh, I can CIA do it. <laughs> has traveled, or yeah, the CIA has studied uh, astral projection. Yeah, uh, just yeah, extensively. Yeah, I can it is do it thing. when I'm traveling to check on my pets at home. I've been uh-huh. able to do it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, to take they take things to such extremes, and I also feel like they use things like that as a threat. Mm-hmm. You know, like they want everyone to know they can do something like that, you know, just in case you were thinking about, you know, telling on them or, you know, doing something they didn't want you to do. They they could they could show up at any moment. Yeah. It's kind of a Santa Claus is watching sort of a thing, I think. Definitely. Definitely. They so that's kind of where things started. And he told the police a lot of things. And then the FBI asked him to wear a wire and talk to Melanie and supposedly he wore a wire for two weeks. Yeah. In which time he was supposed to be trying to get her to talk about the whereabouts of the children. Mm-hmm. And he, they claim that uh, there was just really nothing that came out of that. However, other sources say there was lots that came out of that. And you know, that I think there'll be more to come on the wire, but according to mm-hmm. Ian and Melanie, you know, really nothing was uh, said. Now, at the end of the year, Ian gave his ex-wife a computer. And she pulled up the computer and discovered in the computer this enormous uh, document that he had written, writing out all of the things that, the entire story of all the things that she had said to him, wearing the wire, the things that he told the police, this mm-hmm. enormous document. Uh, she had shared that with Justin Lum, and you can find that over on his Facebook page if you want to see the whole thing. I highly recommend that you do. It's very I'm not going to read the whole thing. Yeah, but it yeah. is very, very interesting. And so, you know, he he claims that he wrote that document for Melanie's attorneys to try to help with her custody case because at this point she did not show up to their final custody case because her uncles told her not to and full custody of her children was granted to Brandon. Brandon who took the kids and went into hiding because he was afraid for his life. And she said repeatedly in these interviews and it just irritated me that her children are being withheld from her and she doesn't even know where they are. And she didn't even show up for the custody mm-hmm. hearing for them. Yeah. And yeah. all of this and stuff is happening. And so what does their dad do? Uh, takes them and protects them, you know, yeah. like any sane parent would do. There was a lot of um, I'm picked on kinds of stuff in, in that interview on East Idaho news that really bothered me. Like, it, there was no accountability on her part in that interview about no. her own choices and the things that no. she had chosen and the things that she's done. You know? Oh, yeah. No, this was just all everybody beating up on her, everyone yeah. being unfair to her. There is a text that Ian sent to his ex-wife. Don't respond. I need you to encourage Brandon to keep info he gets on this on the down low until I can get this sorted out. She didn't. (laughs) I want to help, but it will be tough if everyone starts figuring out what I'm learning. She didn't know beforehand what was going to happen. They made the attempt, failed, and told her about it after the fact. 
I understand that he doesn't want the kids around her because of all of this, but I believe if she can see them, it will put a huge dent in her trust with her uncles. She's scared and had been told her two middle children are dead. She has a family court date on 12-11. I'm trying to get her to go. Hold on. I have the other piece of it. Trying I don't know if I can convince her. Hearing. Good yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can convince her to go to the family court hearing on Wednesday. I'm trying, but she got an answer from God last night himself. Her, I don't know what that meant. What answer? Her uncles have her so wrapped up. They're telling her she needs to move to Ammon. Ammon is um, a, another town very near where we live. Mm -hmm. Very, very near where uh, Chad and Lori claim the tent cities will be set up when right. Christ returns here. And gosh, guys, just a couple months. Hope you have your tent. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I better get on Amazon. Yes. That's not going to happen because I'm not going to leave Rexburg. Interestingly, he did leave Rexburg and moved to Arizona just mm -hmm. a couple months later. Uh, yeah. They think it has something to do with jurisdiction. Dumbest thing ever. Don't respond just because. Oh, just wanted to update you earlier because I had a quick second to call. Stay safe. That was a text from Ian on December 8th to Natalie Pulowski. So poor Natalie. I mean, she right. never, ever signed up for any of this outrageous bullshit. No. She has been afraid for her life and afraid for her children. Mm -hmm. and, and even for her ex, because I think she's a pretty dang decent person, you know, mm -hmm. and has been really worried about this whole thing. You know, now fast forward to Melanie and Ian sitting down with East Idaho News for a long interview where they said essentially nothing, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the stories were inconsistent and there was a lot of, you know, obviously not telling the truth, but they told nothing about where the children are. Or they didn't tell the truth about anything. No, no. It Melanie. was all sunshine and roses. Like one day the children will just, they'll come back. She said it that way several times, which I found mm -hmm. interesting. And I think we need to remember that they mm -hmm. will come back and, and like they're on some grand adventure. I mean, what, where the hell are they? Mm -hmm. They will come back and then everything will be perfect and blah, 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 blah. It was just all really. Ugh. The way Melanie talks. Yeah. Is very strange. And I wondered if you would assess that. What do you think about the way she speaks? You know, Melanie gives me the impression that she's had some maybe learning challenges in her past. And I'm not, it's, I'm not passing judgment. I'm not diagnosing. It's just my experience as a social worker hearing someone speak. I think she maybe had some learning challenges and some speech challenges as a kid because she's very deliberate in her speech. It's kind of slow, you know, and it's very deliberate. She also says a lot of things that are platitudes or cliches. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. almost as though, and I've known other people with speech issues like that. They sort of memorize things that they can say. I, I, I had that impression. She did herself admit during that interview that she takes a really long time to process information and that mm -hmm. some of the things that have happened have been difficult for her because it takes her a long time to understand what's happened. Yeah. I, I yeah. honestly feel like Melanie is a very vulnerable adult in a lot of ways, given her past history. And we can't get into all of it right now because we're going to run out of time. But given her history and given her family, I feel like she's very vulnerable and that she has looked to these family members, Lori and Alex particularly, as mm -hmm. her guiding light and has yeah. just believed and done whatever they've said. And then Chad came into the picture and they, they endorsed him. And so she did the same thing. That's my impression of her. 
Um, I don't feel like she's made some great choices, but do I feel like she has the same kind of nefarious intent as Chad and Lori and Alex? No, I don't. You know, she also no. is someone who seems to blindly trust and has not asked any questions. Uh-huh. You know, by her own admission, she just didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like Lori's mother and sister as well, you know. A lot. Every interview Melanie has done, she has had inconsistencies. Yeah, she changes Every her stories month. all the time. She changes her story a lot. One kind of uh, insignificant one, but just kind of made me go, yeah, another one was in the interview with Nadie, Nani's Idaho News. She says that when her mother died, her dad took her away and did not allow her to see her family. Actually, she said a couple of things that I thought were really strange. And this is a direct quote. My mother passed away when I was nine. Lori was the one that called me and told me the news. She said, your mom's in a coma and she's probably not going to make it. Who would call and say that to a nine-year-old? Right. You know, yeah, I would call and say that to a would call and say that to a, uh, that to me didn't happen, you know, or it didn't happen mm-hmm. that way. That really yeah. struck me as what the hell. Okay. She said, I blah, blah, blah. I admire her so much. She says this about Lori over and over. I admire her mm-hmm. so much, which yeah. I think at this point, I would stop saying that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Even if anyway, it's true, maybe not worth saying. Then she says, I remember flying up with my dad who took me to see my mom last, my last time in hospice. I mean, this is so sad. Mom had type 1 diabetes and gastroparesis. Yeah. And really basically scary. starved to death. Yeah. Terrible. She passed and my dad didn't let me see or talk to any of my dad's side of the family or, or to that side. Sorry, her mom's side. So I'm going to mm-hmm. start that over. She passed and my dad didn't let me see or talk to that side of the family I don't know why, other than he was saying all sorts of things about them. Very next thing Nate Eaton asks is, so did Lori somewhat raise you after your mom passed? She says, mainly my grandma Janice. Lori was busy with her own life, blah, blah, blah. Apparently from the time her mother died until she turned 15, she was completely cut off from her dad's or from her mother's family. And yet literally in the next breath, she says that mainly her grandma Janice raised her after her mother died. Yeah. I don't think her memory is super good. And I, yeah, I think she just kind of makes it up as she goes along. There were a lot of answers like that, that Mm -hmm. she's also very evasive and Mm -hmm. she gives these big platitudes instead of asking the, answering Mm -hmm. the actual questions. Totally. The other part of that is that she, uh, her dad is helping Brandon Boudreaux. Her dad is, has been texting her. She says sending her bullying texts. I kind of suspect he's trying to snap her out of whatever bullshit she's in, Mm -hmm. you know. But uh, basically, and obviously he had a very tense relationship with her Mm -hmm. mother's side of the family and didn't let them see her for six years, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's obviously a lot of issues here. But at any rate, um, yeah, her dad is helping. He's been seeing the children. He is in contact with them, with Melanie's children. Mm-hmm. be very clear um and it has been helping brandon with his custody case so i think that's very telling as well i would really 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 like to see an interview with him yeah i would really like to hear his side of this family i mean obviously he doesn't mm-hmm. know anything about Lori's missing kids but he knows plenty about this family obviously yeah and is 
it, it seems to me at least trying to do what he can to help protect his grandchildren. So mm-hmm. I, I'm laying in wait. I'm sure somebody is working hard on getting an interview with him. Oh, I'll I bet. would really like to see that. I, mm-hmm. I hope Justin Lum, you know, Justin Lum tried to get an interview with Alex or sorry, with uh, Janice and Summer and Summer and their lawyers very specifically said, Oh no, you will no. not be interviewing them. Someone from your, uh, from your news agency perhaps can, but it won't be you. Yeah, I thought that was so hilarious and very telling that, you know, they don't like Justin. Mm -hmm. They also uh, haven't given Nate Eaton any access to them because Mm -hmm. Nate Eaton from East Idaho News and Justin Lum from uh, Arizona, from Fox, Mm -hmm. I can't ever say. Fox News 10. Fox News 10 in Arizona. Yeah, uh, you know, they have both been diligent and broken most of this case open. So along with Annie Cushing, who has done an insane amount of fantastic work along with others. But Mm -hmm. anyway, that's kind of it. That's all of the stuff that happened this week. Those are all Mm -hmm. of the things that rolled out. So it might be a quieter week. Oh, there was one last piece and that's that Mark means you guys know, we told you the uh, outrageous tale of Lori's bail hearing last week. Mm -hmm. Well, Mark Means in, uh, filed a subpoena for, or asked to subpoena all of these records, the phone records from Telmate, still trying to beat that horse and prove that in some way he was wronged. And the Idaho State Attorney General's office said, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They said, this is ridiculous. And no, we're not, we're not turning those over to you. There's absolutely no reason to you move on. Yeah. So, you know, yet again, instead of actually trying to help his client, he's still trying to prove that he in some way was beat up on and wronged. And, you yeah. know, I, I don't know when Mark means cleans, he doesn't have the time to uh, do all of the work he needs to do for his client. It's because he's so busy serving himself. Yeah, it is. It's because he's busy tattling. <laughs> totally. Totally. So we're going to leave it here. That's a plenty to digest in one week. Right. If you want to see the documents we've talked about, if you want to see the interviews we've talked about, go to eastidahonews.com or go find Justin Lum on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Either way, find all of the stuff that we're discussing here so that you can read all of the documents and watch the interviews in their entirety. If you have that kind of time, because yes. um, I, I barely do. <laughs> if not, we'll just keep breaking it down for you. That's right. Uh, of course, we want to let you know that uh, this is a podcast as well as a video on YouTube. So if you're finding it one way and would like to find it the other, you can find the podcast through nearly all of your regular podcasting uh platform on youtube we are true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters Mm -hmm. over on facebook you can find true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters and we have a discussion group there as well so that you can come and help us hash out cases so that's what we have going on don't forget to subscribe to like to comment we love to hear what you guys have to say and we will all keep on keeping on but let's all remember that at the crux of this case jj vallow and Tylee Ryan are missing children. Yes. And we are all working towards helping them be found. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Stay well. Take care. Bye. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform.
If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.